Hey, this is Greg Sanders. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that this message will help you connect to God, grow in His Word, and serve the kingdom in a greater capacity. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. This is a little bit of a different uh, service today. So if you're a first-time guest, this is, this is Vision Sunday. So I'm going to be laying out for you uh, a lot of the vision and intentions that our church is trying to tackle financially and through our service to the Lord as well this week. And so uh, this is your first time here. This might be a great time to be your first service because you can kind of hear what we're, what we're uh, talking about, what we're trying to conquer this year as a church. So I hope you can, uh, I hope you enjoy it. And if you also believe it can speak to all of us. When I was a kid, about eight years old, Probably the first time I remember ever getting into monumental trouble, my parents had brought my sister and I to Little Rock from our, from our hometown, small hometown. We had brought a group of teenagers. I was eight years old. My little sister was four years old. We came to the, uh, to the I think it used to be called the Doubletree Hotel downtown, uh, and we were at some sort of youth convention. My parents were the youth leaders, and so that's why we were there. And the place was jam-packed. I mean, you could not fit another person in that lobby, as far as my memory goes. And my mother gave me and my sister, uh, me particular, one bit of instruction. She said, Greg, hold your sister's hand. Don't let go, and don't move from this spot. How many would say that's a tall order for an eight-year-old boy? That's a tall order because that spot was right next door to the elevator bank. And every time those elevators would open, I would look inside and, and that brass rail, it looked kind of like gold in my ear eyes, eight-year-old eyes. And in my hometown, our tallest building was like a three-story building. I've never, I've never been in a place that had an elevator like this. I've never seen a building that had that many floors. I mean, in my eyes, this was a skyscraper. And, and they kept on the doors would open, the doors were closed. And I began to wonder, I wonder what the inside of this elevator looks like. And so at some point, I, I timed it just right that when the doors opened, I grabbed my little sister by the hand, and we jumped in the elevator, and I began to look at that big row of buttons, and I thought, this is amazing, when all of a sudden, I noticed those doors began to automatically close. I did exactly what any responsible eight-year-old would do. I let go of my sister's hand, and I jumped out, <laughs> leaving her in. And the minute I jumped out, my mother turned around, and she said, where is your sister? And before I could answer, you could just hear my sister going, as the elevator disappeared into who knows where. I, in that moment, was considered a troublemaker. I had made my own trouble. Many of you would not think this of me, but when I look back upon my childhood, I actually made a lot of trouble. But there were moments, there were certain friends, and I use that word friend lightly, there were certain people when my parents and I hung out with them, the percentage chance of me getting in trouble rose because they were considered troublemakers. Let me just take a survey. How many in this room you've ever been, or you at least know someone who you consider a troublemaker? How many of you have a troublemaker that live in your house? Okay. How many would like to take this moment and point your finger at them right now? Okay, that's what I thought. Well, this morning, I am going to, uh, I'm going to coach you 
on how to be a better troublemaker. If you are a troublemaker, you are in the right spot today. All right? Yeah. You've probably never been told that your entire life. Troublemakers are welcome here. We want some more troublemakers in our church. As a matter of fact, I'm hoping by the time you leave today that every one of you are deputized to be official troublemakers. Acts chapter 17. Some of you think, I have walked into a church that is not at all spiritual. Here we go. Spiritual part. Acts 17. When they came to Thessalonica, there was a Jewish synagogue. We're talking about the Apostle Paul and his band of troublemakers. As his custom was, he went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from scriptures explaining and proving that Jesus had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I'm proclaiming to you is the Christ, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and not a few prominent women. But the Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace. They formed a mob and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of other brothers before the city officials, shouting, These men who have caused trouble all over the world have come now here. And Jason has welcomed them into his house. They're all defying Caesar's decrees, saying there is another king called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. They made Jason and the others post bond, and then they let them go. Father, I pray this morning as we look to the vision of our church, but more than that, as we look to the vision of our lives, I believe, Lord, you're calling all of us more than just being people that fit in and go with the flow of culture and society. Lord, you've called us to be troublemakers. Not trouble in the way that the world, or in the way that the word would call trouble. Not trouble in the sense of evil versus good. But trouble in the sort that we are doing good in a world that values evil. And so therefore we're creating trouble. God, open my mouth to speak what you want spoken. Open our ears, our hearts, and our minds to hear what the Spirit of God would say to us today and give us the boldness and the courage to respond to it and make the kind of trouble you want us to make. And we'll give you thanks. Everybody in the room said amen. amen. Paul was known as a troublemaker. Everywhere he went, he created trouble for anyone who was opposed to Jesus. Everywhere Paul went, if you were Someone who did not value Jesus, he was going to create trouble for you. Paul was a troublemaker for the idol makers. He was a troublemaker for the keepers of the status quo. He was a troublemaker for those who wanted to practice religion without Jesus. He was a troublemaker for those who like to oppress people, that like to keep people in bondage instead of providing freedom for them. He was a troublemaker for those who preferred to live in bondage instead of the life that God 
has for us. You know, sometimes the greatest indication of whether you're doing good is not the number of people who are with you, but instead the type of people who are against you. See, we live in a world that calls evil good and good evil. So therefore, every once in a while, when we're accused of being a troublemaker, I believe that's a good description of being people who are followers of Jesus. But if you're like me, you may have been raised in a time and a place and a space and a family and a value system where more and more people told you, whatever you do, don't make trouble. But maybe today God has called us to make a little bit of trouble. As a matter of fact, in 2023, I am calling us, the assembly this morning, to become a church full of the right type of troublemakers. Amen? I believe that we need to make trouble for those who are promoting falsehood and oppressing people with lies. I, need, I believe we need to make trouble for those who are trafficking young women and children. We need to make trouble for those who are trying to kill life of the unborn. We need to make trouble for those who those demonic forces that are telling people they're of no value. We need to make trouble for those who would say kids are better off starving than they are being fed. We need to make trouble for those who would say the gospel is not allowed in our country. We need to make trouble for those that say pastors can't speak the truth any longer. We need to make trouble for those who'd rather see the gospel marginalized, watered down in the back corner of society instead of the main street of the city. We need to be people that make trouble for those who are making trouble for the kingdom of God. Amen? Well, Pastor, how in the world can we make trouble in such a dire environment? Well, you know, the first thing we can make trouble, first way we make trouble is by loving those who don't love us. Wow, your shout kind of turned into a whimper. <laughs> One way we can make trouble is by giving to make a difference in places we can't go. Weren't you encouraged last Sunday when we had that couple with us whose names I can't even mention because we're on the air this morning at a place that I can't mention because of the trouble they are making where God has planted them. And you understand that the harvest are the trouble they are making. We as a church get to participate every time we partner with them in prayer with our finances. You're making trouble, not for the kingdom of God. You're making trouble against the kingdoms of darkness. And I think we need to do more of that. We're going to make trouble by partnering with other ministries that are themselves troublemakers just like us right? Like Options Pregnancy, this new Invade Women's Shelter, our, our students who are partnering with Speed the Light, our kids who are partnering with BGMC, Light for the Lost, all these acronyms and, and synonyms that you may not even know what they mean this morning, but I'll tell you what they mean. They represent troublemakers who are making trouble. They're advancing the kingdom of God here on planet Earth. You know, I was, I was, I was not, I am, I'm about to messed up. I am married I was about to say I once was married. I am married to a school teacher, all right? She used to teach in the public school. Now she teaches in our school. But, but, uh, but Megan used to come home, and I would occasionally hear her say some things like this. It seems like my attention always goes to the troublemaker, right? The kids doing the good job don't always get the attention, but the 
kid who's making trouble gets all the attention. I think we need to be so excellent at making the right kind of trouble that we start getting the world's attention. Right? Didn't Jesus say, let your light so shine before men that they would see your good works and give praise to your Father that's in heaven? That's the kind of trouble I want to talk about. So, Pastor, how can we be the troublemakers God's called us to be as a church, as an individual, this year or any year? I'll tell you the first thing you've got to do is you've got to decide, I am not. Say this with me. I'm not. I'm not going to run from trouble. If Paul was committed to avoid trouble, he would have avoided the difference God had called him to make. If you and I are going to spend our life looking for a way that we can live for Jesus, but yet yet avoid confrontation, we are going to fail at one of those two things. We're either going to fail at avoiding confrontation, or we're going to fail at living for Jesus, because following Him puts you in direct opposition to the flow of the world that we live in today. So we can't run from it. Wherever Paul went, he didn't run from trouble. Instead, he kept sharing the gospel and i'm convinced wherever we go is a place to share the gospel if you invite me to coach a ball game you've just invited me to share the gospel with everyone i coach if you invite me to play around the golf with you you just invited me to share my testimony with you while we're on the golf course If you invite me to a town hall meeting, you've invited the gospel to that town hall meeting. Wherever the people of God go, the gospel of Jesus goes with us. To separate a Christian from the gospel is not a possibility. We are the light of the world. If you're around the cooler at work, then guess what? The gospel should be with you. The gospel is with you around that cooler at work. And I know there's people that say, well, Pastor, if I live for Jesus in my school, if I talk about God on my job, if I share it with my friends, they might persecute me, they might laugh at me, they might fire me. But I would just tell you, what what if you share the gospel with your friend? What if you share the gospel with your teammate? Instead of you getting fired or persecuted, what if someone comes to know Jesus Christ and experience life freedom? Wouldn't that be worth any persecution that could come your way? See, standing for truth may get us in trouble in today's context. And we need to be okay with that. Standing for convictions that God's called you to live by may cause you some trouble. I would say stand anyway. You know, in Daniel, there were those three guys that most of you know their names and can tell their story better than I can. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, right? They said, we're not going to bow down to any other idol. Have you ever thought that those three men in that context were considered troublemakers? I'm sure there was someone next to them who was probably nudging them saying, would you please sit down and shut up so we could get on with this and stop standing out here in the middle of the daytime, in the middle of the heat. Would you please just go along so we can get along and get out of here? But these guys said, no, we're not going to bow. 
See, just standing for righteousness, I don't think those three men got up this morning and said, hey, let's do something to draw attention to ourselves. Let's do something that would be so awesome that they might just throw us into this furnace filled with fire. Doesn't that sound like an awesome idea? I don't think they got up to do that this morning. I think they just got up and said, hey, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to stand for God. Don't know what, don't know what that's going to look like today. But we're going to stand for God. That day, it looked like standing up when everyone else was bowing down. But you know, Jesus said it like this, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kind of evils against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted all the prophets and the teachers who were before you. All of these things happened to Paul, but he kept sharing Jesus anyway. He kept representing Jesus well anyway, wherever he went. Because here's the second thing, if we're going to be troublemakers, we have to not only run from trouble, we have to endure any trouble that comes. Would you please turn to your neighbor and say, if I follow Jesus, trouble's going to come. Have you thought about that? If you follow Jesus, trouble is going to come. Acts chapter 17, the word says that these men, this is what they said of Paul and Silas, these men that have created trouble all over the world, they've come here too. Can I tell you, trouble is not an indicator that you need to push the eject button and stop doing what you're doing for God. You know, I was, uh, I was really impressed a couple of stories i'm not sure if i'm gonna share both of them i was really, i've been really impressed with uh, how many have watched any of the footage of the revival awakening outpouring whatever you want to call it that's going on campus of asbury university if you're not familiar with that the last two or three weeks there's just been a great uh great outpouring of god's spirit it seems like people are coming literally by the thousands from around the globe i saw a picture of all the places people have have said, I flew from this country to that country to this place to experience the Lord. And people have been experiencing the Lord there in a really uh, fabulous way. There's been tons of people who, the, the, the big marker of the, whatever God is doing, the big marker is they've had just tons of people just repenting of their sins, laying their old ways apart. Do you know what happened before that outpouring started? Several months ago, and like I said, I'm not trying to throw stones, but it's just, this is just factual stuff here. Asbury University is not a, they're not owned by the United Methodist Church. They're, a, they're separate from the United Methodist movement. And several months ago, Asbury had to make the decision, are we going to align ourselves with the Word of God? Knowing that if we align ourselves with the Word of God, Something like over half of their students either come from the Methodist movement or leave the school and go find a job in the Methodist movement. Knowing that most of their resources, endowments, all that came from that movement, 
They said, are we going to follow this movement into non-biblical territory or are we going to separate ourselves and stand for the Word of God? And they knew if they stood for the Word of God that they were going to lose a lot of kids coming from that, from that, that their background. They knew they were going to lose endowments. They knew they were going to lose support. But they stood for God anyway, and guess what? They did lose support. They did lose endowments. They, it, it was a very costly decision for that university. And I have no evidence of this, but I just wonder, did the Lord take note of someone that said, as for me and my house, no matter what it costs, we're going to serve God, and God reward them for their faithfulness to Him. We say all the time, you never lose when you serve God. Are you, we say all the time, you, you, you can't, it's impossible to outgive God. I believe it's also impossible to outlive God. That if you take a stand for Him, He is going to take care of you. The psalmist said it like this, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. We have to endure any trouble that comes. Living for Jesus attracts enemies. Don't be surprised. 1 Peter chapter 12, let me just read it to you so you understand what I'm saying. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you're suffering as though something strange was happening to you. Paul said, or Peter says, don't think it's strange when people hurl insults at you. Think it's strange if they don't. Don't think it's strange when, they, when, when you feel the drag like you're swimming upstream. Be worried if you don't feel the drag. Bad characters attacked good people in the book of Acts. And they still do it today. But we have to endure any and every attack and say it doesn't matter what they say about me, how they persecute me, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm not going to back down from giving because my finances are attacked. I'm not going to back down from serving because my calendar is attacked. attacked. I'm not going to back down from loving people, though my intentions are attacked. I'm not going to back down from serving, though, though people doubt why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm just going to keep serving God. I'm going to endure through hardship, believing that God has called me, and where He calls me, He will take care of me. See, the way we turn our world upside down is by continuing to be faithful in the face of danger, rejection, and discouragement. Number three, how can we be a troublemaker? Commit to causing the right kind of trouble. By the way, my little sister did go up. She did come back down. So, uh, and lived happily ever after. So, so I'm... I am challenging us today to be troublemakers, but I am challenging us to make the kind of trouble that God would have us make. He said they've caused trouble all over the world, and now they've come here to see those who are far from God be made near to God. See, our lives should cause the right kind of trouble. It should make the right kind of ripple. It should make the right kind of difference. It should stand apart 
It should be that light in a dark place everywhere we go. Everywhere Paul went, he left his mark on the people around him. You know, I've discovered one person's description of trouble is another, description, another person's description of good. Right? A troublemaker and a peacemaker can be doing the same thing. It's all about the context of who's looking at them. And God's called us to be people that do good and not evil. And when you do good and not evil, you're going to ruffle some feathers. But friends, you're ruffling the right people's feathers. You're, you're pushing back against the right system, the correct system that needs to be pushed against. You know, my, my family and I, we love, we love to go camping. And I've been trying to teach my girls the number one rule of camping. How many know what the number one rule of camping is? Leave the campsite better than you found it. That's the number one rule of camping. So before we get in the truck to leave, I tell the girls, hey, run around. You see any trash? And, and, and once upon a time or two, one of my girls have said, well, Dad, that trash was already here when we got here. And I have to remind them, well, we're trying to leave it not like we found it. We're trying to, trying to leave it what? Better than we found it. You know what Paul did? He tried to leave the world better than he found it. And not everyone celebrated that he was trying to bring the needed change. But he kept bringing it anyway. Well, Pastor, how can we live the world better than we found it? How can we live the world different? I'll give you a couple of ways. Here's one. Live differently. Romans chapter 12 says, Don't get so accustomed to this world that you fit into it without even thinking. Live differently. I was watching a, a YouTube video the other day. You ever, get, you ever get on a YouTube video that leads you to another YouTube video? That leads you to another YouTube video? And my wife left me at home for two hours by myself the last weekend. And I, that's what I did. I just for two hours. There's one. And I was, what, what caught my attention, the thing that got me going down the water slide, slide was, was there was this video that said, <laughs> y'all pray for me. <laughs> the video was called, how to disappear without a trace. <laughs> Some of you are wondering, why do I want to disappear without a trace? Um, we'll talk about it later. But, but <laughs> one, one, of the, one of the things this guy was talking about, how to disappear without a trace, he says, was you have to learn to change the way you walk. Did you know your walk... It's kind of like a fingerprint. We all walk a little bit differently. We have a, they call it your gait. And that when they're watching people on camera, that, that you, they can recognize people if they're wearing a hat and a mask or whatever, and you can't see their face. They can just watch the way they walk. And they can, uh, Brad, is this true? Okay, this is our genuine police officer right here. He says, true. He says they can identify people just by they, how they walk. So he said, if you're going to disappear without a trace, the first thing you got to do, if you're going to stay missing, is change the way you walk. And I thought, you know what? If we're going to leave this world differently, we also got to change the way we walk. We can't just walk by what comes natural to us. There's this whole, there's this whole spiel you hear all the time that says, well, if it feels natural, it must be right. 
Natural equals right. That's what the world says. Listen, if natural equals right, then there was no need for Jesus to come to earth. If natural equals right, then none of us have need of salvation. We can just do what comes natural. But many of you in this room, you've been victim to people and their defense to what they did to you was it just seemed natural. It just seemed natural to steal your car. Just seemed natural to, you know, take your money. It just seemed natural. I mean, all of us have these natural tendencies that we would say is evil upon, upon examination, but upon second glance we realize that, no, no, we're just justifying. So we've got to live differently. But number two, we've got to love people well. Love people well enough to stick with them when they go through hard times. Jesus said, by this one thing, people will know you're my disciples if you love one another. 1 John 4 says, if any man hates his brother but says he loves God, he's a liar because you can't love God and hate people. It doesn't work that way. You have to love people well. What does, it, what does that mean? Well, it probably means 10,000 things. But it at least means loving people enough to tell them what they don't want to hear. Right? Not tell them what makes them happy. Tell them what they need to hear. Love people enough to stick with them, even when they're falling apart. Love people well enough to welcome them back, even though they first ran away. That's what the father did with that son of his that went the path of the prodigal. He, he welcomed them back. But we've got to love people well. And then the last but not least, Mika, if you want to come, the last way we become a troublemaker is this. We partner with other troublemakers. I want to read verse 4 with you. Some of the Jews were persuaded and they joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and not a few prominent women, which means a bunch. Matter of fact, it was some of these that joined the cause of the troublemakers that ended up getting, getting Paul out of town before he was killed, getting Jason and his brothers out of jail. I've mentioned the name of Paul a lot today, but it was a whole community that saw the gospel go forward. It was the whole community that became troublemakers that they turned the whole community upside down. They turned the whole world upside down because they didn't just say that's a great thing for someone else to do. They said, no, no, we're going to partner. We're going to be a troublemaker too. Did you know history has been changed by people who partnered together to be a troublemaker? And that's what God's calling us to do in 20. 23. I've got some puzzle pieces up here. I'm going to give you one before you leave today, but you know, my, my girls and I, we love to do puzzles. Anybody in the room like to do puzzles? Okay. But there is one thing that I detest. And that is after spending two and a half hours working a puzzle, you find out that one piece is missing. See, my imagination isn't that good. I need to see it all there. And there is some rule 
some, some rule in my house. I don't know what it is. But here's the rule. Once you open a box, once you open a puzzle for the first time, one piece jumps out, runs away, and hides under a couch and disappears forever. So we can only put the puzzle together one time. After that, it's never going to be complete again. It might not be that way, but it feels that way. You know what? I think it breaks the heart of God. When, when He calls us together, which He has done, right? None, none of us are outside of this call. It says, go into all the world, make disciples. That's what God's called us to do. That's part of our vision. That's part of who, who we are. And each of us are a piece of the puzzle. We're not going to do any of these things we're going to talk about unless you and I both, we all decide we're going to play our part. Play my part in what? Well, and this is not all conclusive. And I, I want to say God bless you because last year when I stood before you, the trouble I asked you to cause, we didn't call it trouble last year, but the difference I asked you to make was a bigger difference than this church has ever done in its existence, as far as I know of, know of, financially. And you guys did it. You raised the occasion. We, you made trouble. Hell shook and lives were changed because of the difference you made in your giving and your living in 2022. So we say, God bless you for that. Amen? Let's give God a hand for what He did for us, for, for us and through us this morning. But here's the thing. There is still... People are far from God who need to make tracks to be near God. And you are a piece of the puzzle to that happening. You are the gap that's going to be filled up. You're going to be the picture. You're going to be, you're going to be the piece that brings a picture of who Jesus is clearer to those who haven't really got a clear picture of who He is. You're going to do that when you serve, you're going to do it. When you testify, when you witness, you're going to do it as you live a life that honors God. You're going to do it when you give financially, which is what we're going to start turning our attention to in a few moments. But, but you're going to do it. This year, we, we've committed in 2023, with your help and God's help, we've committed to be a troublemaker by pledging $15,000 to Project, Project Rescue to save women and children out of sex trafficking. We're going to cause trouble for the gates of hell and those who are trying to make money off of making kids and ladies slaves around the world today. You're going to help us do that. We've committed to provide $12,000 for fire Bibles for pastors who don't have a copy of God's Word in their own heart language, native language. We've committed to partner with Options Pregnancy here locally, Invade Women's Ministry here locally, Hope's Closet here locally, Speed the Light globally, BGMC globally. We we currently are supporting, I'd have, to, I'd have to ask Kelly the current number because we keep it increasing, but we're, we support over 30 missionaries just like those that we had up here last week. There's over 30 people that are doing what they do around the world today that you support. And I have three applications on my desk who have asked me in the last 10 days, can you help us too? And my answer has been this, I'll have to wait till Sunday and see. I have to wait and see, are we going to be the piece of the puzzle that God's called us to be? 
We're going to continue to support our missionaries, continue to give the Teen Challenge, continue to try to expand our building, our new building, which, by the way, starts, uh, if it's not raining, it starts tomorrow. Praise to God, the old thing's coming down, the new things start tomorrow. Um, we're going to make sure that every kid that wants to go to camp gets to go to camp. We're going to continue to invest in outreaches through our community. Through, We're going to continue to feed kids at our schools like you're doing every single week. We're going to continue to see kids and students and adults become biblically fluent. Amen? We are, we are changing up because here's the thing. We don't want kids and students to be biblically fluent by themselves. Us moms and dads need to be biblically fluent as well, right? right? Uh, the Bible says we perish for a lack of knowledge. And so in 2023, part of our vision is we are, we are kind of being a little bit more strategic on getting God's word to you in a little bit different fashion on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. We're going to continue to see the Lord move in our corporate prayer meetings on Wednesday nights. That I believe has been the fuel for the many testimonies we've had when we pray together on, on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. All of this and more, that's just the, it's just the highlights of how we want to be troublemakers and how we can be troublemakers if we partner together. So here's where the rubber meets the road. I'm, a, I'm asking you to be a troublemaker with me today by giving and sowing into the kingdom of God. Make a difference. Maybe, you've, maybe last year you gave an incredible amount. Maybe God stretched you. And I would just challenge you, let the Lord use you again. Maybe you've stood on the sidelines, you've never partnered with us through serving or through giving. I would challenge you, be a piece of the puzzle. Don't watch and see what happens. Invest and see what happens. Be a piece of the puzzle. So here's what I want to ask you to do. In your chair, there should be a piece of paper that looks like this. It's the picture of a puzzle. And it simply says, in 2023, by faith, I'm pledging X to be a piece of the puzzle, Kingdom Builders. We just want to ask you, to, would you consider partnering with us to help us reach and teach, connect people to the gospel, grow people in the good news of Jesus, and serve people where they, wherever they are. Help us be that catalyst of spiritual transformation here in Central Arkansas and around the world. And you can give today. Or you can be a troublemaker today about how you live and how you give. And I want to ask you before you fill that out, don't just fill out something that you think you can do or something that you can do comfortably. But I want to ask you to ask the Lord, Father, what would you have me to do that might be outside of my comfort, that may actually cause a little bit of trouble for me if I do it? Not because you're giving more than your spouse says you should, but it pulls you out of your comfort zone into the, I'm going to make trouble zone for God. And I can't tell you what that is. I wouldn't dare do that to you because I know you wouldn't dare do that to me. But I would say, let's all dare to bow our heads and pray and ask the Lord, God, what would you have me to do? And then when you get that done, we can't all do this together, but as much as possible, kind of one at a time, I want to ask you to come forward. Seth, would you grab those buckets right there and just kind of spread them out four across the front? When you're done, 
after we pray, if you just bring those cards to the front, put them in one of these buckets, they're going to be spread out across the state, and then pick up one of these magnets you can stick on your refrigerator, your whatever, your computer, whatever, to remind you that you are a piece of the puzzle. So Father, thank you for speaking to our hearts. I'm thankful that you've called us to be, Lord, not people that just go along, not people that just watch and see, but people that you use to see the kingdom of God advance and differences made for eternity. God, I'm so thankful for the people that went out of their comfort and caused a little bit of trouble to reach me. I'm thankful for the people you've used in this church and the history to get beyond what was comfortable but caused a little bit of trouble to see the kingdom of God expanded here at the assembly in Cabot and around the world. And now God is our turn. Speak to me, speak to us as a church how we can be used to bring the trouble of heaven to the gates of hell, to see the gates of darkness push back and the presence of God come forward. Use us as a church, Lord, just as you used Paul and Silas. It was said of them, those that have caused trouble all over the world, they've come here too. God, I pray that the assembly of Cabot would follow that pattern, that we would turn our world upside down in the eyes of the world, which equals right side up in the eyes of God. Help us to do that with our living and our giving. And we'll give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'll please take that card out. All we need is your number and what you feel the Lord calling you to do. Just fill that out. Change it for uh, one of these magnets today. Just come to the front as you want to, one by one. Several are still moving. I want, to, I want you to continue to move. Uh, no, no hurry. These will be here even after we're done today. If you need a few more moments to fill it out, pray about it. But there's, there are certain things I feel really strong about. One of them is this, that if God lays something on your heart to do, He gives you 
through his means the ability to do it. Right? We say it, we've got a lot of little trite statements we say a lot around church, like where God guides, he provides. So I'm kind of the thought press thought process I'm talking about this afternoon. But I want to challenge you, never be never be scared to trust the Lord when it comes to taking a step of faith. So I want to ask you to join me by standing today. I want to ask you if you're if you're comfortable, if you're willing, would you just lift a hand or lift your hands real quick to the Lord. Would you just give him a moment of your worship? And I want you to pray a prayer like this. Dear Jesus, use me as a troublemaker. Use me to be a source of light in a dark world. Use me to be a city set up on a hill that can't be hidden. Lord, let my good works, let my love for you be seen by others. I'm not going to run from trouble. I'm going to endure it. Lord, you've called me. You've started things in me. And I know you're going to finish it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap today. Father, I pray we will be the greatest church of troublemakers the world has ever seen. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless Hello, this is Greg Sanders, pastor of the Assembly here in Cabot. I want to say thanks for listening today. If you are ever in the Cabot area, we'd love to have you join us for a service. For service times, check out our webpage at theassemblycabot.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day, and God bless.